Hello, this is Louise and welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast hosted by me and Elizabeth Gillies. Our aim is to support you as you step out, find your new gear and thrive in this next stage of your life. So you're listening to series four, Lean Into Student Life, Thrive Through the Maze of University Transition. And this series is for you if you're a first year university student who's just arrived. And for eight weeks, we'll be offering tips for settling well through this life transition. So for many students, this week represents reading week or the midpoint in this first term. A good time, we think, to pause, to take stock and think about what's gone well. What are you proud of and what might you change or do differently for the rest of this term? So listen to our five tips and give yourself the space to consider how far you've come and celebrate your successes so far. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome from Louise and I, Elizabeth here. This is um, week seven um, and today we've got five tips for this second half of term and how to keep yourself going to the end of term. It's it's close, it's closing in. Um, and this is the penultimate podcast of this series. It's week seven out of eight. And we want to ask, how are you doing? Is time passing quickly or slowly? Certainly there are changes around you. And if you're in the UK, the clocks have moved backwards. It's going to be a bit darker earlier. The leaves are falling and it's certainly getting colder. There's changes around you and likely within you. And today's podcast, we are going to have a reflective glance back at the start of term and then a future look at opening up to new things and thinking about going home for the winter or Christmas break. And I want to share with you, I've really been enjoying reading a book called Hyper Focus by Chris Bailey. And I was really attracted to it by the subtitle, which went says, how to work less and achieve more. I thought, who doesn't want to do that? Mm-hmm. And although it's focused on work life, there are lots of really useful research nuggets and concepts useful for students at university. So let's start with tip one. And I asked how you were doing, but I want you to ask, how are you doing? Do you know what's on your agenda? Do you know what all the things you have to do in terms of work and looking after yourself? And are you getting most of it done? You know, there are lots of things that we can give our attention to. Some tasks that lead to us being really productive and others less productive, or even not at all. (laughs) Some tasks seem to be much more enjoyable to do, bring us great pleasure, senses of achievement, and maybe some not so. And we're sure you've already, already seen this in work demands at university, and you'll know it from school too. And Chris Bailey in this book, Hyper Focus, that I mentioned, really describes a lot of these demands on our his what he calls our attentional space and encourages us to notice what's happening to our attention. Are we leading it or is it leading us? And I particularly like this quote, we are what we pay attention to. It's quite a nice one. And he talks about four kinds of tasks and, and the work for us. Um, and thinking about you as new students, Here's what he describes. So the first kind of group of tasks he calls purposeful work or purposeful tasks. 
where there's good productivity, you're doing stuff, you're getting stuff work done, it's making an impact in your effort, your efforts are really paying off. And the work's enjoyable and attractive to us, we want to do it. It brings meaning and with it a feeling of accomplishment. And it's something we might try to aim for, but in reality, not many tasks fit this description. And just at the start of your university life, I'm wondering if you've experienced a lot of this yet, or even a little bit of it. So purposeful tasks are the first thing. So then there's necessary tasks, and these are productive, but maybe not so enjoyable. It might be that you've got to talk yourself into starting and work at keeping your attention. I'm sure you've had this experience, and it's a good skill to know about how you gear yourself up to get this necessary stuff done. There'll be a lot of it at university, like attending seminars or making a first draft of an essay. And of course, although I'm saying these are necessary things that might be enjoyable to you, remember the enjoyable part isn't always there. So they'll be different for different people. Purposeful, necessary, the next one are distracting tasks. And well, like you and like us, we all know about these. These are the enjoyable and unproductive tasks. We can spend a lot of time here. It's about being on social media, playing games on your phones. And Chris Bailey calls these black holes of for being productive and suggests the better you are at managing your attention, the less you'll be in this zone. So that's interesting. So it's about attentional management. So the last kind of work he talks about are unnecessary tasks that are both unproductive and certainly not enjoyable. And they often come to the fore when we're putting off necessary work or purposeful work and we're kind of procrastinating. For me, it's about tidying my desk or sorting through old notes, something that I don't really have to do, certainly not enjoyable, but it's often something I'm doing to put off from getting to the task that I want to do. Louise, when I've gone through those kind of, those different kind of tasks, what resonates with you? Yeah, I can definitely see how they fit into my my day. I suppose one thought I was having with the distracting task, I suppose I was thinking in a day you have so much to do, um, you know, you need to do a lot and you need some downtime as well. So I was just thinking in my mind, well, perhaps the distracting tasks are the ones we need to save for those that downtime. You know, if we're thinking back to that kind of rest recovery session that we did, mm. when you need to be having a time doing something that isn't taxing, um, perhaps that's when you put your distract where you put your distracting ta- tasks and think of it that way um and certainly yeah I can see the distinction between purposeful work tasks um and I definitely had some of that today and some necessary tasks uh and yeah I'm very good at the unproductive and not enjoyable but just distraction <laughs> that usually because I work from home that will be when I find myself in the kitchen finally putting stuff in the dishwasher <laughs> not really wanting to do but needs to be done but yeah. I do it because it's distracting me from something that I find a bit challenging work-wise so yeah yeah that all makes a lot of sense to me it, it does it does for me too and there are things and maybe maybe at another time we can talk a little bit more about you kind know, of the things that 
but in the book will give you ideas about how to kind of use these ideas but certainly you know planning bits of your diary which I've been doing since reading the book just blocking it out mm-hmm. this is because sometimes you might just have a couple of purposeful tasks or necessary tasks to do a day and blocking out time to do it is a really good thing to do yeah perhaps as we said in the in the organization one blocking it out at the beginning of the day to get those things done and off yeah yeah so so a good and, and notice where you because we have limited attention and certainly there's more about in the book about how hard it is to keep attention so we have to be trying to do it like you know here's this word that we're coming out that we say a lot intentional yeah. like making the choices to do certain things mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know I had a, a couple of purposeful things to do, some necessary things to do, but I also found myself undoing some unnecessary things, which now I really regret because it's it's time lost. Yeah. And we've got an Instagram account now, Successful Student Transition. So we'll put up that, um, the, the diagram from Chris Bailey's book about those tasks and maybe ask you some questions about it. So what about... What about tip two, Louise? Yeah, so I think this is a a really important thing to be doing at this stage in the term. We've kind of suggested in in past podcasts, I think, sort of nudged you to do this, but we're going to devote a whole tip to this, and that is to lean into your successes. So reflect on what's been going well, you know, and and perhaps link that to the concept of savouring that we discussed two episodes ago, I think it was. You know, savouring helps us to feel the positive emotions of something that we've done, perhaps recently or in the past. And it's a very positive thing to feel. So take some time to think about what's gone well, what you've done well, what's been successful and enjoy that savouring of that feeling because that helps your positive emotions no end. It's easy for us to think about things where we're struggling um, and our brains tend to go to find those if we give our brains half a chance. But this is a time not to allow that, and it's to focus on what is going well. It might be that you're still at university, you're still there after seven, eight weeks, and you're enjoying it. And perhaps that's a bit of a surprise, given that you perhaps struggled in the first few weeks, maybe, I don't know. It's all different for different people. Um, But give yourself a pat on the back for that, for the settling in, for the adjusting, for the making friends and getting to know the new environment. That's all so important. Um, Perhaps you've you've learned where to shop for food. You've been cooking well in the kitchen and making up some nice food. And perhaps when you think about where you were at the beginning of term, you will see how far you have come. You've come a long way and learnt a lot since you unpacked your boxes in that first week. So give yourself a pat on the back and time just to reflect on those successes. You know, when we're talking about purposeful work and the necessary work, perhaps notice when you've put in the effort to get those tasks done, even when they haven't been so enjoyable. And 
and notice what's helped you to do that because that's a really important life skill because sadly we can't all be doing what we love to do all of the time hopefully we'll do what we love to do some of the time but it's just not going to be all of the time and so we do have to motivate ourselves and inspire ourselves to get the other stuff done so what is it that you do to inspire yourself to get things done in those situations and one thought that we had as we were chatting about this episode is that in the first term often the academics are perhaps not the most exciting because what most courses are doing is bringing you all up to the same level of knowledge and understanding in your area so in your subject area so you may be recovering the stuff that you've already done before um some of the assignments may not be that thrillingly exciting and that's just the nature often of the first term so Recognise that too as well. I think that's really important. So we challenge you here to take a few minutes to write down at least three things that you're pleased with that you have done. And then if you go and share that with someone who's close to you, that would be even better. Perhaps go and set this as a task in the kitchen for you all to do and discuss. Might be quite fun. And maybe other people will recognise things that you've done that you might not have in within yourself. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because yeah, very often we don't recognise our strengths or the, the positive things and contributions we make. So yeah. definitely. So tip three: think about what you want to change, and remember you're still in a new space. You know, you've been there here seven, eight weeks. Um, you're very unlikely to have worked everything out and got everything sorted. You're learning to be a new student in a new setting with everything kind of that you knew that you're learning about. And we've mentioned this before in the podcast when we talked about organisation, that it's really good to keep an eye on any slippage as it can easily snowball. So try to keep as much as you can on top of those things you have to do, especially in the beginning. And I know it's asking a lot of you. But keeping, you know, in, on top of everything will make it easier. You know, I, I know some students who kind of let things slip and then the more things slip, the more they get anxious about it. So we want to kind of preempt that, you know, not not happening like that. So keeping on top of stuff as much as you can is really good. And something that I kind of read that I was really quite surprised at in the hyperfocus book that I'm focused on at the moment was that when we're sitting on a at a computer, we get really easily distracted, either by an interruption from somebody else or a self distraction. And the statistic that he quoted was forty seconds, forty seconds before we get distracted. So no wonder we don't get down to doing a lot of stuff or or getting into things. Really, it, you know, it's hard for us sometimes to do that. So keeping our attention is difficult. And I'll share with you one thing that you know, if you wanted to change or kind of focus on, that he he suggested to to combat this in a way was to keep a distraction list. And I've started to do that myself is that when you are self, you know, distracting yourself or something's interrupting a text or something, write it down so that you'll end up with a distraction list. And then you can start to see patterns of things. And when we see patterns of things, then we can make plans to try and, 
um, either prevent them or to tackle them in some way, like putting your phone in another room while you're working or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a distraction list is quite a good thing that you might want to you might want to bring into your your kind of repertoire. What else might you, you think about change? Louise? Yeah, actually, and that's just reminding me of I think we've mentioned him before in previous podcasts, near Ayal, who wrote the book Indistractable. And you know, he says it's a disease almost, a modern a feature of modern society that we have so many potentials for distracting us um, from phones to computers to iPads to people to you know, which is constantly bombarded. So it is developing that discipline to shut down and close down. Yeah, I think also. You know, it's really helpful to be aware of your mind and what your mind is telling you about what you're doing. Because I think, especially when we're in new academic settings and, and facing new academic challenges, it's easy to to see the threat in them and to well to feel it's a threat because it's new. We haven't done it before. We perhaps have high expectations maybe unrealistic expectations you could ask yourself that question um but we can can develop a kind of threat response to it which means that we shut down cognitively and find ourselves panicking rather than being able to engage positively with the work and I think it's really helpful if you notice that you're doing that because there are things you can do to to prevent that or to stop yourself from going down that route and that's kind of to see it rather than as a threat and something to be fearful about is to see it as a challenge something new that is going to be challenging for you because it's new Um, you wouldn't be sitting where you are right now doing this course if there wasn't some challenge involved in it because otherwise why would you be doing it so I think that's a positive way to look at it and to ask yourself you know how can you think about what you're being asked to do what skills do you have that you can use as you analyze whatever it is you're being asked to think about and what knowledge do you have that you can apply what tools do you have that you can apply so ask yourself questions how questions, ones that will help you to approach the task at hand in a more positive, less threatened way. And remember, you're where you are to be stretched, not for it to be a comfortable journey of, you know, minimum effort, really. <laughs> um, you're paying. I know it sounds awful, but you are paying to be challenged. Yeah. So if you see it that way, you perhaps will then phrase it mentally in a more positive way or frame it mentally in a more positive way. So there might be something that Louise and I have mentioned there about some improvement that you can make. And the challenge for you now is to think about if it's something that you know within yourself or something that we've mentioned, maybe write down one thing that you'd like to work on to improve, either for the rest of this term or certainly at the beginning of term two. What about tip four, Louise? Okay, so tip four, having talked about um, having a lot to do and a lot to focus on, we can also suggest that you try to do something new uh, or try something new if you can. And I guess you've done a lot of that because a lot has been new. But I think the other really important thing about this experience, one is the challenge, but two is this sort of opportunity to try new things to be curious about things Um, so if you're feeling that you've got some of the basics done you're feeling more settled 
and you can tick some of those kind of settling in things off your list then perhaps you have some space to go and just try something new so be curious um get out there and do something that you've never done before perhaps um stretch yourself a little I think you know university is a great place for you to do that because in some ways it's a, a safe place to try new school skills and new sports new activities because you've got lots of the students around doing the same as you and it's a brilliant opportunity to add to your skill set rather than keep doing the things that you already know how to do and you're already familiar with. So perhaps step out in a new direction. You know, it could be something as calm as knitting. My daughter was doing that recently. Or, you know, something as exciting as rock climbing or I don't know, but, you know, anything in between. And it's really good for us to do this because... You know, our minds, as well as looking out for threat and danger for survivor, survival, are also stimulated by new things, by novelty. And that can be good for us in many ways. When we're learning new things, we create new neural connections in our brains. Those increase and that builds our brain and builds our brains connectivity and connections. And it's just very healthy for us. It can be a boost for your confidence You'll learn more about yourself, <laughs> pushing yourself to your limits, perhaps. You can meet, meet a wider circle of people. You're probably going to enhance your mood because it's you know, a positive experience, generates positive emotions. And as I said, learn new skills. And there's even some research about learning new things improves our immune function and helps us to get better sleep. So, yeah, it all feeds into those fundamentals that we've talked about so many times, you know, our sleep um, our, and our general health. And and I, I think when you were saying that, I was reminded of this word capacity. Like when you see you've got capacity to do it, and of course it's a safe thing to do, then then stretching yourself, pushing yourself out is a little is a little good. And it also reminded me of some cross-cultural work about when people move and live in different countries and about the choices we make about that. Because you could have what people call a shallow, a shallow life. Um, it being about just doing minimum stuff to be there. You're working on the surface of stuff things. Um, you don't really kind of dig down deep and make connections and do lots of things and explore things. It might be that you're, you would do that because you're not going to be there for a long period of time. And it's maybe quite easy to get in, arrive, and then leave without a lot of kind of trauma or trouble or challenge. Or you can have what people call a deep experience of really being involved in multiple aspects of what's going on in that setting. Um, you're really engaged. Um, you you're making you're making choices about to do and to learn new things, and although that's harder to begin with, and it takes more time to get really into those deeper levels, it might be more enjoyable. It might be that you make you learn more about yourself and and make good connections. It's harder to establish, and also it might be harder to leave it. So there's a choice there about do you want a shallow experience or do you want a deep experience and I guess Louise and I would encourage you to think about the deep experience because you're not going to be there for a year or two it's three or four years you're going to be there 
So there's time and opportunity to do that. Yes, and you don't want to get to the end and regret having not made the most of it. So So we'll go on to we'll go on to number five, our last tip in the podcast today. And it's about that preparation for going home. So we kind of we've been saying there's lots of challenge you know changes within you and there's likely been you haven't been there but there'll be changes at home as well you know um people might have swapped bedrooms people might be doing lots of really different things you know you somebody might be offered your your room as a you know a brother or sister so there'll be different patterns at home too and you're going to have to negotiate your way back in that because you won't have been there for 10 weeks at least So there might be kind of challenges to think about how you're going to fit back in. You know, are you going to be that wanting to lie on the sofa and be fed and looked after? Or are you wanting to kind of show a little bit more of your independent self? Um, There might be, you know, having to reconnect that kind of challenge of reconnecting with old friends that have been around that are all back home too. And how do you balance reconnecting with, your family and friends and doing all the stuff that you want to do. And in a previous podcast, we talked to a student, particularly about, it was one of the things that she brought up and it was about how do you make that transition home? And she was talking about it when actually she left university. But I think there's a, there's a point about doing it now when you're going back in, you know, what are the expectations for you? Have you to be home by a certain time? How do you con- contribute to the family? You know, are you wanting to be, you know, uh, remember when we talked with, I don't know if you you listened in, but when we talked to Elaine Halligan, I mean, one of the things that she's very keen on is kind of family contributions and, you know, young people doing their own washing and stuff like and cooking and stuff like that. So are you going to be participating in that because you have been doing it before? So how you how you kind of negotiate this re-entry is is another transition in itself, isn't it? Louise, anything else to say about about this kind of time mm. of coming home? Yeah, I think, I mean, it it's perhaps seems strange to you that we're mentioning it now. Um, and I don't think there's a lot to for you to do around this right now, but it's just beginning to think about it's going to be another transition. Um, but there is also an academic aspect to it, I suppose, which is worth thinking about and planning about now. And that is many of you will have assessments when you go back in January and you'll need to do some revision and some work for those. So perhaps you want to start thinking about how much time do you want to spend over the Christmas holidays working academically? Because some of you may be needing to work work financially you know, for financial purposes as well, as well as wanting to meet up with your friends and family. So you may find that you've got a very busy few weeks when you leave for your Christmas break so then the question is when will you fit in a bit of revision and preparation for those assessments so perhaps start planning that now and making some choices around how much work you're doing now are you up to date with your lectures and your notes and all of those things the things that will help you to prepare for those assessments just throwing that out there so that you're not panicking two days before you come back after Christmas because you haven't done any work so just give that some thought and think about how you're going to be prepared for those assessments. I mean, often the assessments aren't too stringent in year one, but doesn't mean that you want to aim to the lowest, you know, level of 
just to pass because sometimes when you just aim to that you can actually fall below so you might want to be aiming a little bit higher and that will take you some preparation so just give that some thought good I good and again it's another you know it's another time to be intentional about what you're doing you know if you didn't if you don't want to do so much when you're at home you might have to kind of do it towards the end of term or yeah. build it in now when you've got maybe some capacity to do that absolutely yes. so let's recap on our tips today tip one ask yourself how you're doing tip two lean into your successes tip three what would you like to change tip four try to do something new if you can if you've got that capacity to do that and tip five think about that prep for home in terms of relationships and academic work Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that you found this review an uplifting process and that the content on hyperfocus has given you some ideas for maximising your focus and getting what needs to get done, done. The book that Elizabeth talks about and has been enjoying this week is called Hyperfocus, How to Work Less to Achieve More by Chris Bailey. We also mentioned Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life by Near IL. Remember, this is episode seven in this eight-part series, Lean into Student Life. And some of the other episodes in this series may be helpful at this stage in your experience as a student. Episode 47, we talked about experiencing a dip or feeling homesick and gave five tips to help you cope. Episode 45, we thought you may be feeling a little exhausted and suggested five tips for rest and recovery, some of which will be a surprise, I think, to you. And episode 43, we talked about looking to the long-term, five tips for long-term success. So please help us spread the word about this podcast. You can do that by following the podcast, liking and sharing it, and also leaving a review on your podcast app of choice. Thank you so much. So we'll be back next week with a final episode in this series when we're going to be talking about five tips for overcoming academic challenges. Meanwhile, we wish you a really great week. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information in this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.